The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm on, I am your host, (laughs) where am I? I am your host on this, our weekly radio show, The Visual Workplace. It is about letting the workplace speak. I'm very happy to be here, very happy you are listening. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of letting the workplace speak. How do we embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living, dynamic, changing landscape of work? Well, we do it through visual devices, through visual systems and visual mini-systems. How do we install the language of our current level of operational excellence? Even if we're not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be, we do it through visuality the workplace visuality, which is another word for the visual workplace. When we make our intelligence, our current operational system, concrete, very specific, we embed that thinking and then we can examine it and we can see how it functions because we've captured it literally, physically through these devices. This is the magic part. The magic part is that you're embedding your operational system. You aren't just doing it, performing it. You are ensuring it by embedding the system through devices. Because the visual workplace is a physical event, a physical workplace, the change is a change you can literally see. And because visual devices function, you can see your operational system function literally and visibly. This is such a benefit. And the result that we get is not just we are intelligently and dynamically engaged with our operational system on a macro level in terms of layout and the interface with lean, but also on a micro transactional level when we are embedding the elements of our operational system, the specifications, the dimensions, the SOPs. So we're talking about the what and the how. We're making it visual. We're embedding that. And we build from there. Improvement always begins at the platform of where things are right now. And so we build that platform quite intentionally and not just me and you but everyone eye driven visuality we pull that information into place we get tremendous 
benefits, bottom line benefits. You've heard me say it. We've seen it done again and again, a 15% increase in productivity, especially in discrete manufacturing and also even stronger in offices, often 30%. We get the bottom line benefit of that. Improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, and a splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce. We see this again and again and again. That when you give the workforce, and that includes executives, supervisors, value-add associates, support staff, field staff, when you give people, the people of your organization, a voice through visuality. They become invested in their spirit and they are connected through these devices. It's tremendous cultural alignment. You have a working, breathing and happy work culture. (laughs) People love it. And we enjoy ourselves along the way. We simply enjoy ourselves at work. We are in flow because we have removed the minute struggle that's called motion, which is what our show is about today. Motion sickness and its cure. (laughs) Motion sickness and its cure. The enterprise becomes increasingly conscious, fluid, aware, self-aware if you want to get really woo-woo about this. And it's fun. It's fun to be at work. And Ono said it. He said, people don't go to Toyota, don't come to Toyota to work. They come to think. Imagine if your workplace was the refuge in which you could think, in which you understood enough of the mechanisms of work to really engage in a scientific investigation, in a joyride of discovery. That's what the visual workplace is about. Plus, you get those bottom line benefits. So, I'm really glad you're here. We have a lot to cover today. I want to jump in. There's just a couple of announcements. I want to and am going to announce our summer series of live webinars beginning next week, next Friday on May 8th with the five reasons for visuality. This is a very, very good kind of management level discussion about why visuality works and how it impacts your bottom line. We're going to be talking about the five reasons, including the impact on the bottom line with uh, very specific results. Later on in the summer, in June, we'll do visual leadership and overview. And then in July, we'll do 5S on steroids. We'll look at that whole uh, issue of jumping up your visuality for operators so that your Right now you're doing 5S and you'll do something much, much more, much more full and you'll be satisfied and your operators will jump on board very happily. And we'll close the season in August with a visual conversion case study from Lockheed Martin from Aerospace. Very, very wonderful application when uh, I worked with them when they were challenging for the Joint Strike Fighter and of course they got it. Each of our seminars is 90 minutes long. There's room for your questions. Uh, It's $75 per registration. Invite your whole group. Invite 3,000 people. $75. That's all it's going to (laughs) cost. It's very good. Uh, You know, I deliver these webinars and they are a labor of love, but they're also um, my work that I've been working on for 32, I think it's 32 or 33 years anymore who's counting. And it's, you know, quite... uh, 
quite informative, or, or at least that's my intention. I want to also encourage you to become a member on the so-called VIP level. It's $89 a month. It includes a full subscription to all of our webinars, which are monthly, which already cost $75 a piece, and you get a whole bunch more. You get uh, five podcasts, which are worth about $150. Um, and these are for download. You get a special bonus of being able to view three of my Work That Makes Sense modules for 30 days. They go for $500 a uh, uh, piece for the year. So it's a real value packet. And you can pay $89 a month. We're not asking for all the money up front. You can do it on an installment plan. I want to encourage you to do that so that we have a kind of regular meeting time. And we can get to know each other. You can get to know the visual workplace. You can build your knowledge base and you can start bringing that benefit to the benefit of your company. And I also wanted to encourage you. Oh, yeah. You know, many of you have asked us to please f- find ways for you to access my work that makes sense e-learning system. And we have. We have now four ways for you to access those. And if I can get to my proper piece of paper, here it is. I will just name them very quickly. You can buy the whole system right out or you can pay four sixty a month for the system. It's four a year. That's breaking it down into an installment plan and maybe that will fit your pocketbook just perfectly. You can also get individual modules. You can also buy them in clusters or what we call suites so that you're looking at smart placement and just get those four modules. The visual wear, you get borders, you get addresses, you get mini systems, those three modules. You can uh, get a suite called the basics which is the first three modules of the work that makes sense suite all based on my book work that makes sense. So it's really good. Or you can just rent a module for a month for $100. Just rent a module for a month. And uh, and some of your companies are very small, and that may be all you need. So what we want to do is flex the system so that you can find a way to use it. And if those four options don't suit you, drop us a line or give us a call. Drop us a line at radio at visualworkplace.com radio at visualworkplace.com or call us at 503-233-1784 and we'll come up with something that suits you. 503-233-1784. We really are dedicated to finding ways to get visual information sharing materials to you so you can begin the conversion, the transformation. Our website is visualworkplace.com. And you'll find all the information there. And if you don't find what you're looking for, give us a call, 503-233-1784. That's for our offices. If you are calling today on the listener line in order to ask questions, we welcome that. That number is different. That number is 866-472-5790. I'm going to repeat it, 866-472-5790. So that's, that's what I wanted to share with you today. So let's begin today's show. Last week, we looked at why people question visuality. Why do it at all? They question, why are we doing this at all? And we talked about that most people often object when we bring in change. 
because to most people, it looks as though we want to change them and not the system, not the way of work. And they balk. They see us as meddling. And they adopt a rightful disinterest in change. We talked about that last week. And, you know, we face it. Most improvement efforts are thinly disguised as efforts to improve people, not necessarily the workplace. And people see through that and they push back. They circle the wagons, they fend off the foe, which is change. And our discussion was not about whether or not this was right or wrong in terms of do you like visuality, but this is people's behavior. They push back, they get into their tribes, a kind of tribal mindset takes over, and the tribe becomes a force to be reckoned with. We talked about that last week. And while it is true that visuality's approach to the tribe is widely different, wildly different than most other change initiatives, we will unnest that another time, a different time. This week, we're going to dig into why visuality is a positive change, one that is wise and right and good. And to do that, we have to Hunt down and stare down the throat of the enemy. Hunt down the enemy and stare him down. The enemy is motion. Okay? We call it, the show is called, this show this week, Motion Sickness and Its Cure. And I want us to look at that. I want us to look at motion as a disease. And I'm going to say more about that as soon as we get back from our first break, which we are sliding into right now. I'll be here when you get back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you're 
listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Galsworth at The Visual Workplace. And today we are talking about the enemy, motion, motion, sickness, and its cure. And before we complete today, I will not only describe this terrible disease, but I will also talk about where it comes from and what you can do immediately to address it. I'm going to give you what I would call a little hand tool, which can be powerful if you use it diligently. And you'll have that before we leave today. So let's dig in. Let's dig into, do you remember the weekly announcement that we sent out? It queries, what is the most virulent disease condition your company can suffer? It's not defects, it's not late deliveries, it's not runaway costs or unhappy customers or competitive threats. The most lethal infection an enterprise can experience is motion, the sickness called motion. Motion, moving without working has laid waste to countless companies since the start of the Industrial Revolution, since things began to happen in multiples, since we moved away from craft to manufacturing or to production. This is an invisible assault that missing information makes on the workplace and on those who work there, missing answers particularly nasty because mostly we don't know where to look. And if you don't know where to look for the enemy, you won't see it and you are under threat all the time. If you can't see it, you won't bother to defend yourself, to treat it, to cure it. So whether you work in the field or in a factory or retail outlet, hospital, doesn't matter. Motion can spread its sickness to every department, every desk, every bench, every hallway, every, every shelf, every cabinet gets infected. And the cure, of course, is workplace visuality, is visual information sharing. We know the cure. We just don't know what the threat is. This disease called motion, the epidemic of information deficits. But you have to see it first. You have to, may I say, mysteriously, you have to remove the water pump handle. Ha, what do I mean by that? Well, I want to tell you a story. This is a true one. And you will see what I mean by removing, specifically, the Broad Street water pump handle. Here's what it is. So about 161 years ago, I say that rather exactly, 1854, a gentleman named John Snow, he was a doctor living in a filthy, waste-infested metropolis on a small island in the North Atlantic, now called London. He was living there, and the city was infested with some mysterious disease. People were dying. The disease had a name, cholera, but its cause was a mystery. People were dying due to cholera. Everything came to a head 
one August day. In fact, it was the last day, the 31st day of August. This was in the Soho District of London, again in 1854, just a handful of years before the American Civil War. It was deep summer. People were dying. There was a major outbreak in cholera, the most terrible outbreak of cholera, says history, which ever occurred in this kingdom. This, these are the words of Jon Snow. And it drew his attention. He was a scientist. He was a doctor. On the next three days, 127 people died. And they all died, strangely enough, they all died within one, a quarter of, a, a part of the city, the Broad Street area. Okay? About 12.8% of the population was affected. It's a high mortality rate. At the end of the outbreak, and this is a lot, 616 people had died. It's a lot by the terms of uh, London 150 years ago. So Snow, Dr. Snow, was a skeptic of the dominant theory of what causes disease like cholera and Black Death, the plague. People thought it was caused by bad air. The germ theory had not been created at this point. Louis Pasteur from France had not made his discovery for another five or six years. So Snow was unaware of that possibility. He simply could not accept that it was due to foul air, so he began to talk with people. He talked to the local residents and scientists that he was. He kept track on a map of those who had fallen because he didn't have any way of kind of organizing his data. So he just said, oh, Mary Jane Smith died here. She lived at this address. And John um, McKendry died here. He lives at this address. And he just made little marks on a map. But as he looked at the map, he noticed that they clustered. They seemed centralized around something, but what? More questions, more information, more mapping. And Snow saw that the epicenter, the central locus of this outbreak was gathered around the water pump on Broad Street. The water pump, which was the closest available source of water for nearby residents. He began to see a physical pattern emerge that led him to the epicenter, the very center which was the pump. How strange. And again, we, we weren't looking for germs because germs were not a word in our dictionary at that time. 150 years ago, we didn't know about germs. Isn't that amazing? And John collected his evidence. He said, I don't understand it, but there's something about the, the water pump or the water in the pump that is causing this disease. He went to the city fathers and said, could we please do something about that? And the local authorities removed the pump handle. Therefore, people couldn't pump the water. And the spread of the disease slowed. The, the, the disease, by the way, was already, the outbreak was already in a rapid decline because... 
of the flight of the population. People see other people dying and they leave town by the thousands. So there were fewer people to get infected and to spread the infection. So Snow had not, Dr. Snow had not yet determined germs, but he knew that the water was contaminated with something. The water was bad. And he was thrown off the scent at one point because the monks in a nearby monastery did not contract cholera. As he investigated further, he discovered that they drank only beer, home-brewed beer. They preferred it to the water. And the residents around the monastery also did not fall to cholera because when they poured the beer into the contaminated water, the beer fermentation addressed that. I don't understand that, but fermentation apparently nullifies some of the effects of contaminated water. So the beer was safer to drink than London's water, and you know that explains a lot of things because if you've ever walked around London, there are a lot of pubs everywhere. People have a deeply embedded habit of drinking and beer is the favorite thing to drink. So John discovered that by watching the pattern. He was not able to name the disease. He just knew that the behaviors around the disease were leading him to a location, a physical location, that water pump. They later found out that that Broad Street well was dug not 10 feet from an old cisp cesspit it's like a cesspool it's like um what do you call that thing underground well anyway in the country you have places to put your waste hmm i think it hmm sorry the the word escapes me right now and that old cesspool had begun to leak it got into the water supply but i tell you london was a mess at the time there's a wonderful um youtube video it's actually was created by the BBC just recently that's called Filthy City, Medieval London. You go ahead and take a look at that and you'll understand what has happened in the last 150 years, where our tax dollars are going. It really makes a case for uh, helping governments help us. (laughs) So you may not want to watch that, that YouTube. Medieval London, Filthy City. The other thing that that John Snow did for us is that he really created the science in the field called epidemiology, which studies the patterns and causes of disease in defined populations. It's a very, very important uh, field of study for preventative health, but also because it's an evidence-based practice. Now we know about germs. So we have a whole other universe of investigation. But epidemiology came from John Snow's study. He showed that there were other ways of determining cause. Very, very interesting. Oh, and by the way, here's one other little tidbit that should make your hair raise. The officials, the government officials who took off the pump handle, replaced it. They put it back because they felt that the... uh, Discovery reflected badly on them, badly for the public to contemplate and to consider that they were really responsible. Isn't that strange? But let's 
reduce this now or distill this into our discussion today. The whole, the whole event, the story about Jon Snow and the Broad Street water pump is summed up in three words. No one knew. No one knew. No one knew that this waste was going on. Shingo said it. Shigo Shingo, co-architect of the Toyota production system, and happily, I will say, my sensei in the 1980s, he said the worst kind of waste is the waste you don't even see. This is exactly the bridge to our discussion of motion and information deficits in the workplace that trigger that motion. Information deficits in the workplace that have a vast, a disastrous impact on all performance parameters. Let's pick this up after the break. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. We're in the third segment of our show today here at the Visual Workplace, and I am glad you have joined us. So just before the break in the previous segment, we discussed Jon Snow and his discovery of the source of a cholera epidemic a killing cholera epidemic in London in the 1850s. And he discovered that the cause was contaminated water. And he discovered it in such a way that it wasn't actually based on germs. It was based on 
uh, a discovery, a mapping out of pattern, and that pattern led to uh, the source of the problem. It was very, very interesting. I hope you were listening. Now I want to draw the analogy, draw the connection between that and our enemy, not contaminated water, but motion, corporate enemy number one, and the reason you need a visual workplace. The visual workplace is not elective. It isn't an add-on. It isn't a nice-to-have. It isn't about order and, um, and kind of organizing things. It is about going after the enemy that is eating up our corporate and enterprise resources. Motion is the symptom. Motion is the disease. The cause is missing information. You can think of information in the workplace, in any company, as its lifeblood. That is how we're connected through the flow of information. And if that information is incorrect, inaccurate, in other words, it's approximately correct but not specific enough, if that information is late, if it is non-existent, there are problems for the corporation as there would be problems in the flow of your blood. Things stop, things get messed up, the organism gets sick. Deficits in information have a vast and disastrous impact on the corporation, on all performance parameters, whether it's quality metrics, defect rates, scrap rates, late or wrong reports in offices, long changeover times, mix-ups in medications in hospitals, whether it's inspection costs because you can't rely, you can't depend on good product, you have to inspect the problems out and you'll miss 90% of them whether it's accidents and other safety-related issues, cycle time, or over, overall operational lead time, whatever it is, information deficits impact the entire business cycle. Their power is in their absence, the absence of vital answers. The missing answers trigger costs on every level. They eat up profit. When you speak of the war on waste, you cannot overlook the disastrous impact that missing bits of information, missing bits of meaning can produce. Information is the context in which all work happens. If that context, or think of it as a fabric, is full of holes, lots and lots of work escapes, lots of value. And visual devices are the antidote. They are the cure. That's what visuality is there for. Hmm? We sew up the holes device by device, providing vital information about the work at hand to anyone and everyone who needs it when and as they need it. And when that happens, work continues. We continue to add value. The principal symptom of a highly functioning visual workplace is that workflows. That's a principal good sign. That's when you know you're doing it right. Work flows uninterrupted. And the symptom when visual devices or information is not in place is that the workplace gets flooded, not with work, but with information deficits. 
as I said, answers that are missing, wrong, incomplete, late, unavailable, or simply not known. Corporate enemy number one. Motion is defined as moving without working. And it is hard to see missing information. It is harder to see something that isn't there. We have some common names for motion. And they are names for daily struggle, searching, rummaging, wondering, guessing, checking, rechecking, handling, handling again, counting, which is already motion, counting again, double checking, more motion. Redoing, not the doing, that's the value add. Reworking, not the work, that's the value add. Retesting, testing the first time is motion. And stopping because we don't have the information. These are all common forms of daily struggle. So commonplace, so ordinary, so frequently done that we often think of these things as the same as work. But they are not, and that's the point. Motion is, this is how I like to define it, anything you have to do or else you could not do your work. It isn't your work, but you have to do it in order to do your work. And unless you can make that fine distinction, you have yet not become a scientist of motion. That's what I'm looking for when I work with companies and what I want you to look for when you use visual workplace methodologies to create a workforce of visual thinkers, scientists of motion. Motion is anything you have to do or else you could not do your work, but it is not your work and information deficits are the cause. Motion is a symptom and visual thinkers learn to see the difference and they act upon it. Motion can take many forms. Some of them are microscopic, but what binds them all together is that they are so chronic as to be practically invisible, like John Snow's discovery. He couldn't find the cause. He had to find the pattern of the cause or the pattern of the, I should say, the pattern of the impact of the cause. And that led him to a central causative factor, the water pump and then the water inside. But we're blind. We are blind if we do not look for the behaviors that are not work. I don't like to call it value-add versus non-value-add, because for me, it's not refined enough, and it isn't behavior-based. It's kind of a valence, a certain quantification that we make, but it is not active enough for us to investigate. So these are so chronic, these microscopic behaviors, that they're nearly invisible, and they're also highly adaptive. We grow used to them, we adapt. My great friend, the strategic director of improvement at Brandt Corporation in Canada and Saskatchewan, Stuart Bellamy, highly successful improvement leader, visionary really. When he was beginning his investigation of the work, the visual workplace and of motion, he had people keep track of their stoppages, just their stoppages. And he discovered, had everybody make a little study, and I'll, uh, I'll give you one way you can do the study, and discovered that 
on average, people lost 19.6 days a year across the corporation in motion. There was his evidence, and he went to senior leadership and said, we got to do something about it. This is eating away at the lifeblood of our corporation, at the value, at the profit. Chronic information deficits, the workplace offices and the production floor are flooded with them. And what you are seeing is they are flooded with, and here is the pathway to the cure, they are flooded with questions. Questions are our signals that information is missing. So I would like to turn your head completely around about questions and see them as the enemy. It isn't one of those things about there's no such thing as a dumb question. We're not talking about political correctness here. We're talking about becoming scientists of the problems that are infecting our workplace and getting to the bottom of things. So we treat questions as the enemy in this way. We see that questions represent what we do not know because the information is missing. And basically, questions fall neatly into two categories. (laughs) The questions we ask and the questions we don't ask. And what happens when we don't ask questions? Questions that need answers. Well, we either stop and wait, we we do nothing, or we make stuff up. We just make up an answer, something that sounds about right, and when that happens, sometimes we're lucky, and our jury-rigged answer works and does no harm, but other times it does do harm. It can be a safety issue, that kind of harm an accident, but it can be simply more mix-ups, lateness, defects, material is lost, defects occur, delivery times are missed, customers flee, okay, triggers more motion, information, Questions are the most obvious and useful way to recognize that information is missing from your workplace. But because they are so common and the answers are so vital, I need this answer. I have to be able to ask this question. We sometimes think that questions are more important than the waste that they trigger. But I want to turn your head around on that. I call this motion sickness. We see, we see the enemy. We see people in motion asking questions, attempting to cure their situation by asking questions. And I want to suggest to you a different way, a way for you to diagnose this yourself. I'm going to give you the title of it now, and then when you come back, I will give you the step-by-step. There are four simple steps. It's going to involve a memo pad. It can be an old memo pad, but it's going to be a little, small, pocket-sized pad. And it's called, The First Question is Free. The First Question is Free. And it is one of the best ways. I stumbled upon it. I just made it up one day because I was trying to answer the question, how much and what, in terms of motion. 
and it has worked out really, really well. So I'll see you as soon as you get back and we'll continue this and I'll give you this wonderful handy tool. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. This is the last segment of our show today. And in it, I want to give you this wonderful tool that I've been developing over decades. It's called The First Question is Free Rule. And we combined it with a memo pad. And we have a way of doing an epidemiological study like in the, in the manner of Dr. John Snow, London, 1854. So there's one sure way to cure motion sickness, to track motion until it leads you to the information deficit, and then to operate, to excise, to surgically remove that deficit through solutions that are visual, to embed the answer, the missing answer, as a visual device into the living landscape of work. So here's an easy and elegant way for you to do this. And by the way, this is all described in the last two issues of our newsletter, The Visual Thinker. It's an e-newsletter. You can sign up for it at visualworkplace.com or maybe you're a member now. That would be great. We'll put a link, you know, we'll put a link on the Voice America site so you can get to that, do that in the next couple of days. But it's all spelled out. So, the first question is free. Try this out for a week or two yourself. 
get how it works, get how it reveals, and then teach everyone, including your mother, your brother, your sisters, your uncles, and your aunts. This is a great way to address communication struggles. They will come to an end. By the way, what I'm going to be talking to you about is not methodology. It is not a way to implement a visual conversion. It is a way to reveal the need for a visual conversion. So get yourself a memo pad, just a little handy memo pad, a little smaller than your hand. Get the kind where the coil is at the top so it flips over and as compared to opens from uh, right to left. On the front of the pad, you lift up the lid, the cover, and you, and you put at the top of that side, you put, what do I need to know? Which is visuality's first driving question. What do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? And all I want you to do is keep track of the questions that you ask. Because that's what you need to know. All I want you to do is make a tick mark. Tick, tick, tick. Do four and on the fifth one, cross it through. Tick, tick, tick. Do four and on the fifth one, cross it through. Just keep track. If you want to, you can also write down the questions that you are asked and you will see them repeat. You'll do a tick, tick, tick alongside of what am I supposed to be doing now or where is Mary Jane? Where is Mary Jane? Where is Mary Jane? <laughs> so you could write down the questions. That's very helpful. Then flip the pad over and at the top of that, you write, what do I need to share? What do I know that other people need to know that I need to share so that they can do their work? And every time that you are asked a question of some, from someone, somebody asks you a question, you make a tick mark. Tick, 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 fifth one, cross it through. Tick, 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 fifth one, cross it through. The tick marks are a simple metric. So you, you see the number of times that you ask a question or are asked a question. But because you're a visual thinker in the making, you will understand that what you're keeping track of is this, information deficits related to your job. You are keeping track of the missing information. You are beginning to see the bodies pile up. You don't know before you didn't know why the bodies were piling up, why you couldn't get your work done, why you were struggling, why you spent so little time adding value and so much time doing everything else. But now you're collecting the evidence. And now here's the second part. I want you to, to do this. Get used to doing the metric and then go to phase two. Phase one is collecting the data. What do I need to know? What do I need to share? Tick, 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 tick. Phase two is this. When somebody approaches you with a question, you answer it politely, accurately, and completely. And as they walk away, you say, that's one. Here comes Joe, and he's going to ask you the same question he asks every day about this time. Hey, boss, or hey, Mary Jane, what am I supposed to be making now? You answer him completely, and clearly he walks away, and inside your head, you say, that's one. And then you wait, like a cat at a mouse hole. You wait. You wait for the prey. You wait for someone to come up again, either Joe or someone else, and asks the exact same question. Hey, what am I supposed to be making now? 
You answer that question politely and clearly, and as that person walks away, you say inside of your head, that's two. The first question is free. But the second time you hear the same question from the same person or anybody else, it is time for you to create a visual device so that you never have to answer that question again and no one ever has to ask it. This is the first question is free rule. It cannot replace a systematic visual conversion, a methodology, but it is a smooth, elegant, and very easy way to verify the need for visuality, and to begin to make some inroads to create a visual device for that question and then to create another and another. This is a very, very good way to begin and it is an ongoing exercise and we do this on every level. Value-add associates, operators, CEOs do it, (laughs) the bees do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's go after those information deficits and you will take a big bite out of motion. You will begin to cure motion sickness, which is caused by information deficits. And you can use this to prepare your company for an official launch of a visual workplace initiative. It will collect evidence for you. You can go to the civil authorities and you say, I think there's something wrong with our water pump. Let's remove the handle because everyone's getting contaminated. Let's go after a cure. Let's bring in visual information sharing so that these answers reside in the living landscape of work as visual devices and visual systems. You see how this is all working? So what we talked about today was the seriousness of this problem and how it is eating us alive. It is an epidemic because we don't even notice it. We just don't even know it's there. And we name it. We name it as the name of the enemy is motion. And then we look for the cause. And when we find the cause, we know how to remedy it. The cause is missing information. That's what's creating struggle and every other ill that is in your workplace. I promise you that. And then we implement the first part of the cure. We start turning those questions into visual devices so the answers are embedded. They are part of our production system. And we use just as a kind of handy tool, the first question is free rule. We have our memo pad, we have our pencil, and we somebody asks us a question, tick, 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 what do I need to share? We ask a question, tick, 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 what do I need to know? We keep track. The evidence piles up. Do this for yourself for a week or so, and then if you're a supervisor, teach your group, you don't have to have corporate permission, just do it. Get some memo pads, they'll cost you about a dollar a piece. Totally worth it. Everybody gets one. And just do your epidemiological study. That's what I have to say. This is good. I had a wonderful time with you today. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you so much for listening in. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. 
Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.